Interstage Window streams every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Standard Time. Join us if you have any questions or comments. Enjoy the show! Hey guys! Hey, welcome! Um, we're getting started today, and uh, and I'm Karen Terry, as always, and we're going to be playing Viva Pinata today, and I have my friend with me. Hi, it's Landon, the omniscient voice, uh, all-knowing and all of that fun stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be all-knowing. <laughs> I have a brand, and that's what I'm sticking to. I'm making it happen. I like it. That's um yeah so we are here today on this wonderful uh day in august happy august oh my gosh it's finally august jesus time flies yeah i'm not i'm not sure i'm liking it but we're gonna just keep going with the rest of the year i guess <laughs> <laughs> nothing else we can do i mean true one thing i do know um, right now is it's hot as hell oh my gosh i know us on the east coast are dying like <laughs> it's just I know August and July are always bad, but this is too this is too much. It's been ridiculous. Yes. Like so, I just uh, I just went to the store like right before a stream and uh and I had to go I had to go in so I had to wear my mask, right? And oh my god, my face feels so sweaty. Like I hope it's not super shiny. <laughs> You're wearing a hat too, which is incredibly just impressive. Well it's not hot in the house, you know, just outside. We got the AC going here, so we're all good oh, inside. The the wonders of air conditioning. I know, right? Okay, so what do we got today? What are we talking about? Well, today we are going to actually talk about getting started. So okay. I think there's a lot of things that we talk about with uh, with starting things, whether that's joining a new RP, picking up a new character, or even just something as simple as writing a starter. Everyone who is in the RP community has to start something at some point. That's true. Hey, and, Naomi. Uh, by the way, hey. thank you so much for joining us. Um, and... Sometimes that starting, especially for new writers and new RPers, can be incredibly overwhelming and intimidating, and it's something we should talk about. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's it's uh, it's funny then for for this particular stream. I'm finally starting the uh, the second garden, so we've called this one Swamp. So uh, so that's what we're starting today is our our second garden. Uh, we've been working just on one garden, but we're going to end up having lots of them uh, with this game. Yay! That's awesome. Yeah. We get to we get to make it aesthetically nice and pleasing. Yeah, now that we actually <laughs> have it like all, you know, all expanded and stuff. So, yeah. This one we're going to make it a lot of like a, a lot of water. So, you'll see. It's going to be really cool. I love a good water feature. Yes. So, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's start off with favorite things. What happened to you this week that was your favorite thing? Okay, so as y'all can probably see, oh my gosh, I have a real chair. A real chair. It's amazing. Um, so this is something that, y'all know my birthday was last month, right? So something yep. that, that we that we decided, my mom and I decided, like, we have no idea whenever this whole thing is going to end. And um, and I'm working from home, essentially. Like, I have an office job, right? My, my 9 to 5 is an office job. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still doing the same job. I'm just doing it from home now out of my home office, right? So... Yep. She was like, you know, you need an office chair. If we don't know when this is going to end, like if you continue sitting in that like hotel chair, which that's that's what that was, by the way, guys, that orange chair that I've been in for forever, it's uh, it's from a hotel. Uh, <laughs> How so, did you? Okay, 
I need to know how you acquired this pleasure. Yes. <laughs> so I can imagine you in the middle of the night stealing it. I mean, you can honestly. <laughs> like, so when these hotels, when they get new furniture, when they do, um, when they do re like re overhauls on the hotel, like they will just throw it out. They'll just throw out their old furniture. And um, and I have a relative that um that's in construction, and so like he told us, like this hotel has some really nice furniture. They they switched out super early, so their stuff feels really new. Come get some stuff, mm. and we got we got some chairs. Um, and a couple okay. other things. That's not nearly as like super spy. No, as uh, I thought it would be, but it means you got cool stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you totally can. Like, if you if you see a hotel being redone, it, they just they just take this stuff to the dumpster, so it'll sit in the parking lot for forever before they take it. Um, and yeah, you could totally go grab it. I don't see why not. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> but <laughs> just, this. Uh... But this particular chair, I, I wanted to mention the the name of it because this is my favorite thing. Now that I've I've got an office chair, that's my favorite thing, and I wanted to mention it by name because um, it's not yeah. Here we go, O F M Core Collection. So the reason why I'm mentioning it is because for those of you guys that don't know, that always see me, that always just you know see me on camera, right? What you don't know is that I'm I'm super short, so I'll stand up real quick so you can see. Like I'm I'm very short. This 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 is how tall I am. Um, the <laughs> yeah, so the measurement, the measurement actually, um, from from the back of my knee to like my back, you know, like this this where the seat is, is apparently incredibly short, and um, and I've never had a chair before that I could scoot all the way back in and still bend my knees. So, um, but I do now, and I freaking love it. That's so nice, and I'm sure it makes it so much easier sitting and, and being able to sit for long periods of time. Yes. I know that sometimes when we are sitting in bad chairs or with bad posture, we don't realize how bad things are until it's fixed. And then you're like, why have I lived any other way? Yeah, I definitely didn't. Like, I had no idea. I had no idea it was this bad until I switched out to, um, until I switched out to a real, real office chair. And I was like, oh, oh, this is what I've been missing since March, sitting in that hotel chair. Um, so yeah, no, no more awkward, like climbing over the arm to get in and out of it. No more like, you know, bad posture, no more of any of that. And it's, it's just such a blessing. So any of you guys that are in my situation where you are working from home now, um, due to the, the pandemic and, uh, and in the U S you know, we just don't know, we don't know when we're going back to the office. So if that's you, I strongly, strongly recommend go get a freaking office chair. Just go get one. Like it's so worth it. It, it very much is. I have one, um, and I'm, I'm not even working from home. I just am a student, so I have one in my house, and it, is, it makes a world of difference to be able to actually like be productive and sit and not feel in pain. So everyone yep. should go do that. <laughs> I mean, as a student, you're kind of doing the same thing, though, right? Because you're sitting for, like, hours at a time, you know, yeah. in class, doing homework, things like that. So, I mean, it's still the same kind of idea. Yes, absolutely. I think it's typically before the pandemic, it was, uh, it was a lot less hours than one would typically work uh, mm -hmm. in an office however now that it is fully online i'm sure that chair and that desk will become my best friend um, <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> yeah so you guys you guys are doing full online for your school they made a decision nope um oh, <laughs> so oops so this year is my student teaching year right. um and so i my classes that i am learning how to teach from will be online however Maine in the state has greenlit full-time in-person classes. Oh. to say that my district has. Thank you for the follow. Yay! 
follow. Uh, the person or the district hasn't confirmed or denied that yet. However, oh. the entire state is now allowed to do that. So, I see. Uh, I won't. The reality is I'm so low on the totem pole, pole that I won't know uh, what I'm doing until the day I'm starting. Gotcha. So I, I was I here was thinking you had an update, but I guess not. Oh, well. <laughs> no, nothing fun. Well, whenever um, you do know, I would love to know. I will, I will be sure to uh, share it with all of our uh, fans as well, who are, like, I'm sure, just waiting to hear what Landon's dilemma is going to be come this fall. <laughs> well, I mean, I am, so they should be. <laughs> um, but, so my favorite thing is, a, uh, is kind of nice because it's going to get me ready for this chaos that is the fall, and that is I am currently on vacation. Oh. Um, which is very nice. And I think I think vacations are top of my favorite things list. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I live as as Karen knows, and as the people who are my friends in watching the stream know, I like to do way too many things at once, which means that I very rarely actually like sit down and uh, take time to not do anything. <laughs> Uh, actively. And so you said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> Listen, I know how to cut myself out. If I'm, I get overwhelmed, and so sometimes when it's nice to just be able to sit down and like do nothing, and this vacation is allowing me to do that, which is very nice, and I am enjoying it. So I will continue to enjoy it probably for the next couple weeks. Uh, but I am definitely with family as well, which is interesting. But I'm enjoying it still. We're still at that point. <laughs> Got it. Um, I am. I'm trying to fix this sound for uh -oh. Kendra. That's why I'm why I went back to webcam only. Do you hear it now? Oh, hi, Kendra. Can y'all hear that on the stream? Does it come on? That sound whenever I do the follow thing, you you don't I hear cannot, it, do you? I cannot hear it. Okay. I have no idea why. I'm so sorry. Well, that's that's why no one's commented, I guess, because nobody can hear it. Oh. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Keep talking while I'm we, fiddling with this. Okay. We love we love uh, when audios decide when technology decides to be difficult. Yeah. But yeah. So vacation has been nice, and I'm just overall ready for this to be the rest of my life can i retire yet that's what i'm actually asking. you haven't before even started girl you haven't even started start my career oh no <laughs> are you sure i'm sure gosh i was hoping i could avoid the whole like you know working thing and just be a i think i i doubt it because i'm not the kind of person who would want to be the uh you know rich man's wife that just like has the dramatic robes yeah, but I would love to just do that also in a just be like a housewife, but not actually have to do any of the housewife stuff. Just be like rich and living off of somebody else. That would be wonderful. Gosh, <laughs> that does sound great. It's every it's every person's dream, right? Yeah, but yeah. And uh, another favorite thing, since you're still twiddling with that, is have you seen Sugar Rush on Netflix? No, I have not. Okay, it's a baking show. It's wonderful. It is a uh, it's a competition kind of. It's very like Chopped, but not Chopped. But it's all desserts, and so you have like four couples 
partners contesting or competing against one another each episode. And they have to make these ridiculous desserts. So, like, the first round is um, cupcakes. Oh, my the gosh. Round is then by, by the way, so, so sorry to stop you. I can't fix it right now. I'm so sorry. Um, I'll have to fix that later. I have no idea why. I thought this, the sound was playing the whole time because it plays for me. So, you know, oh, no. I didn't know y'all couldn't hear it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so sorry. I'll have to fix that later. It's too complicated um, to fix it right now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Seduce Bezos. Oh, my gosh, Kendra. I wish. Let's oh, please. Not do it, actually. No, actually, we could just. Yeah. <laughs> She's watching Queen of the South next. Oh, no, she should watch Sugar Rush. It's amazing. It sounds That's good. I'm so I'm. Um, I... and... Go ahead. Oh, I, I feel like in this um in this kind of quarantine stuff, like I watched so much that I was interested in and, and then I feel like it got to the point where it's like, well, what else to watch? And um yeah. and then uh and now it's kind of like, oh now I have a ton of recommendations since I said that. So I just no, shouldn't have said anything. Uh Trouble in Paradise is better. I mean that's the newer game, right? But this is the one for the PC, so this is the one that's easy to stream. Um the other one, Trouble in Paradise, is for uh the Xbox only. There's no PC version of it, so Harder to stream, um, but I still love this one. This is a good game. Heart of Dixie. Oh, that is that is some wonderful CW trash TV right there. Sorry, <gasps> oh my guys. gosh, yeah, Sorry. it is. I've watched the beginning of that, um, but uh, but that's as far as I ever got with that one. Um, it was just it was a little bit too much even for me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Seduce then murder. Actually, that's much more my uh, aesthetic. Thank you for suggesting that. It's true. Um. But anyway, Sugar Rush, Automatic, the se third season, why it's my favorite thing. The third season has come out, and I've only made it, like, two episodes in. But I just love watching other people make amazing desserts. Yeah. Uh, knowing that I will never be able to taste something that looks so delicious. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, but, but watching it, though, and imagining, like, I could do that. You can't. But, I mean, oh, it's nice to I imagine. Mean, I don't know what a profiterole is, but I'm sure I could make one. <laughs> sure. Why not? So, um, but shall we dive into this, uh, this topic that we have this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, what are we getting? So what are we, what are we talking about first? Cause there's so much, there's so much when it comes there to is. getting started with role play, um, that so, we can go into. And I know that this is something that I talk about a lot on my channel, but we've never really talked about it on stream. And, um, and I am a huge believer in that, you know, when you are talking about improving your role play experience and really anything, just getting one person's opinion is not enough. So I wanted to talk about this today because I, I wanted a chance for y'all to hear, um, you know, an, another opinion on this. So to bounce ideas off of landing, because there's not just one right way, right? And what I talk about on my channel is like a lot of stuff that's worked for me, but that's not necessarily like um, what's gonna work for everybody. So, you know, having another opinion, I think is super valuable. I agree, and I think that um, we probably will have very similar opinions because we come from and are in the same area yeah. of uh, like RP, like we're in the same group, we mod together, everything. but if there are people in the chat or on Discord who want to talk about uh, their experiences, I would love to hear them, even if it's just reading out loud what they're saying. Yeah. So be sure to, if you have opinions and advice, please give them so that we can have listeners get that advice. Yeah, please but share. I figured, I figured a good way of starting this would be to start big and go small. So starting with things like, what's it like to join a group? What do you need to do in order to integrate yourself into a new RP and everything like that? From looking for, looking for a new group, 
uh, what abs you should go to, how do you become a part of the culture, mm -hmm. I think would be a good place to start. Okay. Um, so I definitely think when it comes to like, you know, joining a new group or even like when you're doing one-on-ones and you get a new partner, spending some time really trying to like pay attention to what's going on and reading the room, I think is mm -hmm. really useful. And I, I know it's like, it's not an easy skill, but I do feel like, um, nowadays for whatever reason, uh, the kind of the old axiom on the internet of like lurk more has kind of gone away for a lot of people. And, and so I do think spending some time lurking <laughs> is really valuable. And I, I see a lot of people kind of skipping that step. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not a huge, well, okay. So what do you mean by lurking? Um, do you mean like sitting in silence and watching as things happen? Or I'm like, for me personally, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of people who come into an RP and say hello. Oh, yeah, for sure. That they want to be a part of this instead of just, like, watching idly by. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that, that watching can really come across as uh, either disinterested or, or like, someone who's just going to ghost. Like, that's the yeah. other thing, too, is that it's, it's a really delicate balance. So by lurking, do you mean, like, that that just watching? Or do you mean, like getting used to what the RP feels like by also interacting in with it. I mean, I definitely mean you you are going to have to interact, right? So like, I don't think that it's reasonable to join an RP and do absolutely nothing. I think you really gimp yourself when you do that. Um, I think you really, you, you cut yourself out of like uh, being able to fully engage. So, so I don't mean to say, when I say lurk more, I don't mean like just sit there in silence. But what I do mean is that you don't have to jump into every conversation, right? You don't have to come in with your hot takes. You don't have to like try to get the role play to cater to you immediately. Try to figure out, I think it's, it's good to try to figure out a little bit about what's normal before you kind of like show your entire like everything right yeah nobody like nobody has um you know squeaky clean opinions on everything right no nobody is going to to have like um the perfect you know way of 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 uh carrying themselves in every single uh, situation right in every single role play with every single partner so i think i think there is like you said a balance in the way that um that you kind of deal with that right so it's like yes you should interact somewhat but i think that people make a big mistake when they come into into a game and they're like, I'm just gonna show the weirdest, craziest parts of myself immediately. Um, or I'm just gonna show the most aggressive parts of myself immediately. I think that really, really screws you up. And yeah. um, and, I, and I, I get why people do it. Like they want to kind of get that out of their system immediately to see if they'll fit in. But I, I think that like people are way more likely to to accept those weird parts of you after they've also gotten to know the charming kind parts of you. So I feel like I feel like people should like lead with that. Like don't lead with your your craziest self immediately. Like give it a moment to see what exactly is acceptable cuz it's going to be different in in different situations. Yeah, and and I think first impressions are important, right? They don't yeah. make everything about the connections and relationships that you'll build within an RP group. Mm -hmm. But how you present yourself within those first few interactions will define a certain level of how people view you. Whether Absolutely. It's, whether it's, you know, commenting on everything, spamming a lot, mm -hmm. or 
uh, being completely silent and not engaging in conversation at all. All of those send an impression to the group. Yep. I also think that along with the lurking is you also learn the you you might not know the depth of the of the uh, of the relationship happening with you in the RP, mm-hmm. but you can definitely see how other players communicate with one another. Yep. Is there a little bit more hostility? Is there a little bit of tension? Is there just like people who are obviously very much enmeshed with one another and friends? Yeah. Like I'm sure I, I'm sure with us sometimes we are intimidating and we have had people join because we have been friends or not joined because we have been friends for so long yep that it is very obvious that we all kind of mesh into each other and it's kind of hard to break into that yeah people um, feel intimidated a, by that yeah it's not a bad thing it's it's not a good thing it just is how we run our rps mm-hmm. and for some people they don't like that uh they want to find a group that they can build themselves with that instead of joining an already established group yep and I can uh, understand that. Like I, I get oh, when people yeah. feel that way, you know, because it's a once you re- once you when you join a group like that, um, you have to be ready for a large time investment, right? You have to be ready yep. for a large time investment to kind of get yourself established within that group. And um, some people just aren't up for that. You know, they're just not up for that kind of time investment. You know, they want to they want to join a relatively new group of people that hasn't gone through all that yet. Yeah, exactly. I also think it's a um, it's. It's harder online than it would be in person when you see a group of already established friends. You understand that the interpersonal dynamics there, that it's going to take time and effort for them to see you or know you the same way. Yep. Whereas with uh, with online, I think that wall is a little harder to understand and mm-hmm. to get over. For people to sit there and be like, well, you guys are all good friends. Why are you not treating me that same way? Yeah. Um, why am I feeling left out? Why is this? And it's because, yeah, you haven't been here for that long. Mm-hmm. But it is you got to you got to start building those relationships in order to get somewhere. Yep. Um, so I think lurking definitely gives you an insight into what kind of group this is and what the relationships are between people. Yeah, uh, and I think that's really that's really useful. Um, at least yeah. I find it really useful. Like when I very first when I join a new server. Um, even if it's not even like outside of role play, right? I'll spend some time just being really casual and, and chill and mostly reading and not necessarily contributing, but like contribute here and there to the conversation, right? So that they know who I am, but not like a huge amount um, because I don't, I, I don't know what the vibe is there yet. And yeah. I don't know what exactly is acceptable there yet. Yes. Um, and, and you don't really know you also don't know how you come across, right? Yep. That's the other thing too is that who you who your persona is online can completely clash with somebody else's interpretation of that. Yep. I know that I am very very sarcastic and witty and I like to make a lot of jokes. Someone who doesn't know me might read that as incredibly rude and offensive. Yeah, cuz sarcasm <laughs> doesn't come across well online a lot of times. Yeah. Um until you know a person that you're like, "Oh, no, she's just being, you know, an ass." Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> as I do. But um yeah, it's it's an, it's incredibly important to like pick that sort of stuff up too, especially if you do want to make this a long-term game or you want to be as successful within the RPS. Well. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's kind of and that's kind of like my main tip, you know, is my or yeah. my first main tip is like, you know, spend spend some time trying to figure out like the, this person you're about to RP with. Spend some time trying to figure out um, this group that you're about to join, because that's also going to tell you a lot of information about if it's for you or not. Right. Because then you if yeah. you spend some time observing and really thinking about what you're what you're looking at, then you can much better figure out, like, if this is really for you. Yeah. I also think that also plays a lot into um, RP styles, too, especially one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, yeah. To sit there and be like, how invested is this person? Yeah. How much, are, how much do they dedicate to plotting versus writing? How yep. much time do they have to have conversations like this? Do they want to be friends outside of the RP, or do they just strictly want to just talk about RP and do RP? It's hard um, to tell, right, sometimes. Yeah, oh, 100%. And none of these have right or wrong answers. Every person's style is their person's style, and all of it is correct. Yeah. But if you're looking for someone who's going to be your friend outside of RP, uh, but that person is just simply wants to do storylines, that's a good thing to observe and know and lurk when you're seeing, when you're seeing that and mm -hmm. starting to, to write with somebody. Yeah, because not everybody's going to be interested in being friends. There are definitely role players out there that are really just interested in role playing and they don't want to talk to you, you know? Yeah. And then there's the opposite yeah. too, where you have people that like, they, they aren't really interested in role playing. Like they might say they yep. are, right? But they're not really, right? Because when it gets down to it, all of a sudden they're not, they don't do it. Um, so, you know, and knowing where you fall on that and finding out where the other person falls on that is really important. Yeah, it's very important for the start of any sort of, uh, either within a group or one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So, um, for me, for the next rule and advice is, we kind of hinted on it, but I do not be passive. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that the amount of plots you get is directly correlated to how much you have put yourself out within a group RP. Yep. Which means that if you are quiet and don't engage in conversation, especially if it's a conversation-heavy RP, you're not going to get plots. People mm -hmm. are not going to... The sad thing is, is that people will not know who... And they're just um, not going to think about it, you know? They're, they're not, just not going to yeah, think about it. They're going to RP... Like, if there, if there are things happening in the chat, in the chat rooms that are dedicated to, like, just conversation and stuff like that, and someone suggests something for the RP plot, and people jump on it, that's a missed opportunity that you didn't have because you don't engage in yep. the chat side of an RP group. Yep. Uh, yeah, Kendra so says like... 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, I get it. Like, when it comes to being passive, like, I get where that comes from. Like, people are nervous. They don't want to do the wrong thing, you know. But I think that takes it too far the other way, right? So, like, yeah. we talked just a bit ago about, like, you know, lurking more and making sure you understand and read the room and stuff like that. But you can't go so far the other way where all you do is lurk. Because then you come into a situation where you start feeling left out. And the truth is that's nobody's fault but your own. And we've experienced that as moderators when, we, when people yeah. have come to us that have been like, well, I've never felt welcome in your RP. Nobody wants to RP with me. And then you ask them like, oh my gosh, did somebody reject you? Did you reach out and someone say no? And, and they're like, no, I never reached out. And it's like, well, <laughs> what do you freaking expect? Like people aren't psychic. They don't know that you're feeling left out. Maybe they assume you're busy and just don't have a lot of time to role play. So they don't reach out. Like they just don't know. Yeah, and no one and like that's the other thing too is people are only going to want to put in as much effort as 
as you are. Yep. So if you're not, if you are constantly the person that needs to be reached out to or needs to be approached or anything like that, you're not going to, you're not going to receive as much as someone who is, who is playing that back and forth. And yep. there's a reciprocity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, I think, a very, very important rule with getting started is to put yourself out there if that is the sort of dynamic you want. Because like we kind of said, that there are people who, who are only there for RP and don't really want to know the people that they're RPing with. And mm-hmm. that's okay. It just means that you are missing out on plots and that it's going to be harder for you to get involved. Yep. Because at the end of the day, like it's 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 just like with anything else, uh, it's it's about networking. You know, yes. like you can you can be like the most amazing, awesome role player ever, but if you don't spend that time networking and trying to make friends, like you're just not going to get as much role play, and that's and that's true. You know, it's true for role play just like it is in, in for anything else. You know, people want to yep. work work with you because not just because you produce gr- good work, but because you're cool and chill and and they like you (laughs) like it's both you know yeah absolutely and um i think also it's a lot easier to rp and at least it's my style to rp with someone that you know and like than someone that is just there to rp yep but then again that's 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 me (laughs) yeah but i mean some people feel the opposite and that's why i think doing doing a little bit of lurking and reading the room is important because knowing the person that you're about to rp with a little bit knowing the space you're about to jump into and and trying to make that decision of if is this really worth my time is like an important step um and that kind of brings me to like another piece of advice that i think is really important is to not get trapped in a sunk cost fallacy. Like I see this happening all the time. Like people don't want to leave a role play or they don't want to cut off a partner because they've been role playing for six months or whatever, you know, like it's a significant time investment. And so they get they get really like into that idea. And it's like, but is it fun anymore? Like if it's not fun anymore, what the hell are you doing? Like just move on. Like it's not a big deal. You'll find other role plays. Like you don't have to stay with something if it's not fun anymore. Yep. I think that a lot of people feel, I mean, I know you said sunken cost, but I, I think a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, I've given my time and energy to this. It'll get better. Yeah. Um, groups don't change. No. <laughs> if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. It is. Yeah. It's a lot easier, I think, to change a one-on-one partnership because that other person might be going through something or there might be a stint or something like that. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to stay. I think that's a lot easier to, to change, but an entire group you will not change the culture of that nope. group. Nope. So if your get impression <laughs> is like, if your impression is like, these people are toxic, I don't like them, I don't get along with them, like just leave because they're not going to change. Yeah. They're not going to change for you. You know, if they do change, it's because, you know, people that have been there and that are okay with the culture, you know, start pointing these things out, not because you brand new person is, um, is, is changing their minds. Like you brand new person, like nobody cares. Nobody cares what your opinion is. Like, that's just the truth. When you're brand new, Nobody cares what your opinion is, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So Kendra says there's a hostage situation there, too. Yeah, can you, yeah, definitely. Can you expand on that, Kendra, um, what you're talking about there? It sounds like maybe you have a specific story of something yeah, that I happened. Have, I think I know what you mean, but I really want to know more of the like hostage on it, too. Yeah. But, um, and the other thing, too, to keep in mind that if you are staying because of the sunk cost idea, uh, you will, it will not grow on you. It will not get better. In fact, you will get worse. Yeah. The, the likelihood of you adapting and changing your style to fit the group um, 
Mm. will be large. Yeah. Which means you will be part and contributing to the things that you think is toxic. Yeah. And then you will bring that baggage and those and those patterns uh, to other RP, other RPs, other groups, and stuff like that. Not saying that that's how you're going to be forever, but that is part of the experience of being in bad groups. We've all gone through that. Yep, that's been my experience too. Like the it never it never like gets better if i have if i have bad vibes from a group then it just it kind of just stays that way and like i'm not i'm not saying that that's like a universal experience but i do think it's a pretty common experience yes. um okay so i'll read what kendra says in one-on-one -on -one, there can be a feeling of if you stop a plot that you aren't feeling anymore then you'll hurt your partner's feelings yeah absolutely and i think that goes into the a little bit of that sunk cost fallacy right like oh i'll hurt their feelings so i'll just stay maybe it'll get better but like yeah. You don't know that. You don't know if it's going to get better. Um, oop, what did we get? Oh, a new cat. <laughs> we don't yeah. actually want him in this in this particular one, oh, no. but we're, so we're going to sell Ow. him. But I do love these guys. They're so cute. <laughs> they are very cute. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that is 100% that we, of course, as people and writers, and, and because we're writers, for the most part, very empathetic people, don't want to hurt the other person on the side of the screen. Yeah. I think that is incredibly normal. But if it is not what you want, you don't owe it to anybody to say. Yeah, like this is this is a hobby, right? Like this isn't a job. This isn't, you know, this isn't your your family. Like there's nothing. There's no reason you should feel like you like you owe it. Like now that doesn't mean that I'm that I'm saying that uh, that like it's it's good to just bail, right? I do think yeah. that if, if you have if you have the capacity to tell somebody like oh I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm so sorry. Like you should tell them. But, um, but I don't think, like, this is a hobby, right? And it's supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun, like, that's important, too. It's not just about the other person. It's about you, too. Yes. Um, and that you are also not responsible for that person's feelings or mental health. Right? No, like, not in that way, anyway. I mean, that yeah, not, that's not, not a license to be mean, right? But, like, telling someone, I'm not interested in role-playing anymore, like, that's not mean. <laughs> no, that's not mean. That this is there's a huge difference between being spiteful and cruel and sitting there and being like I just my you you have changed I have changed we're not here for it anymore yeah it's not working um, or this isn't working at all like it's not what I thought it was we, I thought we were going to do this thing and I thought our characters would mesh in this way and it actually turns out that my muse isn't connecting to this yeah it's not um, working for I, me I'm, I'm not always a big huge proponent to blame uh, to blaming muses as if they're like people themselves but it can be useful if you sit there and go this is not what the story I want to tell yeah I mean um, I also Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that that can be an easy, it can be an easy way to let someone down. Like, if you do have a partner that's yeah. really sensitive, you know, it, it you can kind of do like, it's it's not it's not you, it's me type of thing by saying, like, my muse just isn't into this and, and I just don't, I just don't have, I just don't have the capacity for this anymore, you know, something yeah. like that. So Kendra had a good comment. Um, learning that is one of the best things a person can do because getting stuck in an RP relationship you don't want is awful. Yeah, it's the same thing as, like, trying to date somebody that you don't really want to date yeah. or trying to maintain, like, like a best friends level a friendship, friendship with someone you don't really want to do that with, you know? It's just, it's not reasonable to expect that of people. This is another level of boundaries. You need to have boundaries about yourself and that comes from friends, relationships, RP, anything like that. That if something is not sitting right with you, you have the right to sit there and be like, you know what, this isn't working. Yep. Um, and you are not indebted to anybody or, or they, do, they should not 
feel owed to your time because most people don't. Yeah. Most people in situations like that will sit there and be like, okay, that sucks, but I understand. Yeah. Um, and then the people who aren't like that are probably people you shouldn't have in your lives or don't want to have in your life. Yeah. Like that's like, if they're, if they're not accepting you saying like, I'm not feeling this anymore. I'm so sorry. Like if they do the thing where they try to beg you back, um, like then to me, that's just even more, that's just even more proof that you made the right decision. And um, at least in, in my experience, you know, and, and I have had a lot of experiences where partners try to beg you back or yep. um, or, or cry about it or, you know, get really un, un, unreasonably upset about it. And, um, you know, at that point, like it's it's OK to not respond like you don't have to respond just because yeah. someone says you sends you a message. If, if they send you a message that sounds like really distressed and like not reasonable and, and not OK, like it's OK just walk away from that conversation for a little bit and come back later. Or like if they really will not leave you alone, like if it becomes like a really serious harassing situation, like it's okay to press block. Like it's okay. Like it sucks. And it probably does mean that you're going to mess. You're not going to be able to rekindle that relationship in the future, but you know, you just have to prioritize that and and think about that um, when it comes to your role play relationships. Um, Cause it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Like you shouldn't feel like you have to, that you have to like go on with something that's not right for you anymore yeah i will admit that i have been that partner right that gets really attached to a storyline and i i don't think i've ever gotten upset to the point where i've begged someone back or i've like cried if someone left but getting attached to your characters and storyline and getting excited about something is completely normal oh yeah um but if if that person and so so being that person or being the quote unquote bad guy the person building the boundaries and saying hey I'm, I'm done with this being that person does not make you a bad person just because that person has an emotion over it yeah they need to however handle their emotions properly <laughs> and not put it on you because it's also not your fault that they're having their emotions yeah it's just an unfortunate situation right like you can't click with everybody yeah. all the time even somebody that you've clicked with for um for a long time you know up until then like if stuff happens where you're not clicking anymore then then you're not clicking anymore, right? And and you need yeah. to figure that out. And um, and and that might mean taking a break. Yeah, and there are um, there are a lot of like delicate situations with this. I know that it could be RP partners in general that you are connecting with and being like for the first time writing with someone. Um, also, another part of like the hostage situation could be that there is a particular shift. That you're no longer feeling but you have other plots or other things with the that person and feeling and feeling like you because you have other things with that person you are now tied to and forced to do this shit that you are not feeling yeah just know that that's not true yeah and you really just you, you can you maybe you still like that person you just don't want to write this particular thing anymore and you can build that boundary and say that and also know that most of the time people will respect that yeah, most of the time they will. And if they and you know, if they don't like and you can't force the other person to, right? Like if they yeah. have oh, a ridiculous not. reaction that's not reasonable, like well, you can't you can't stop that. So, you know, you can't stop them from doing that. So, you know, it's something that that you have to handle when it happens. Yep. Um RP 101, learn how to set boundaries. I'm yeah. going to say life 101, learn how to set boundaries. That yeah. is that this this particular piece of advice will help you far outside of uh outside of rp you can you can do it with friendships you can do it with relationships you can do it with work even mm-hmm. that if you're not feeling something 
or something is making you feel uncomfortable, you're allowed to express that. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. absolutely are. That's, that's my take on the, um, the idea of, of getting started within a group RP. I think that that was the main pieces of advice that we had. Yeah. Um, the three main pieces. Yeah. So I the, think, the, uh, yeah. I so think the three also, main pieces is, is just to kind of reiterate, it's really, it's to spend some time reading the room, you know, don't, don't think about just yourself. Think about like what's, what's acceptable in that space or with that per person that you're talking to. Um, and the other one is, but don't take it too far and be passive, because um, that's not going to get you any interactions, right? And then um, make sure that you know what your own boundaries are and that uh, and that you set them. And you know, I have a lot of uh, a lot of videos on my channel about this. So if if any of this spoke to you guys and you feel like you need a little bit more, like there, are all every single one of these things has a video on my channel where um, I dive into that topic specifically. Yeah, exactly. Um... And I think, I think overall, that's kind of what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, like that's really like 101 stuff. And, and none of it really, ha and it's funny, none of it has to do with actual role play, right? None of it does. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. Um, and also, like, for those of us, I know that we, uh, we're going to have a whole topic about, like, awkward social awkwardness in, in RP and everything like that. But for those of us who, who have that shyness and nervousness, Note that starting and that first impression is really the hardest part. Yeah. Everything after that is so, it, it you can, you grow into it and it's okay. It's getting over that first step. And I'm going to say that about starting any of these topics. The hardest thing about any of this is actually doing that first step and starting. Yeah. It's, it's actually joining that group. It's saying hello. It's all of that. Yeah, for sure. It's the proverbial, it's like the, the, the social, you know, um, proverbial staring at the blank page. Like that's the hardest yeah. part before you make that first line, you know? Exactly. So just go, just go on and uh, keep all of this in mind, but just know that if you, if you start, you'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's move to our next idea. So you've joined the group and everything like that. You've settled in. How do you build a new character? Yeah. So this, a lot of times you have to do, when it comes to groups, a lot of times you have to build a character beforehand. Even when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes the way that you get the one-on-one -on -one interaction is by saying, is by already knowing a lot about your character. So, and, and role play, uh, you know, of course, unless you're doing some kind of self-insert type of thing, um, which is fine, but I'm not, that's not like my experience, right? So I can't really comment too much on that. Um, but if you're, if you're not doing, doing that, then you're going to be making some kind of character. Right, like that's you. You have to to be able to interact, um, because you're not, you know, you're not being yourself, or you're being like yourself, but in some kind of fantastical world or something like that. There's going to be some element of character that has to happen. Yep. So, yes. what's your first? What's your first tip on um, on character creation, Landon? Um. So I think that this is this is a useful tip for someone who's already established the idea of the story. So I think. The more set for group than necessarily one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. um but it's where do they fit into the rp you mm. have to keep that in mind is sitting there and being like okay what does the story group or rp need that i can fill that hole mm. because that does a lot with with making it so that people don't copy other ideas that already are existing um that they don't retell stories that have already been told mm -hmm. and that they create something new because of that as well 
Yeah. Um, and something that will move the story forward. And therefore, if you're moving the story forward or expanding upon it, you're kind of guaranteed engagement. Yes. Um, which I think is also very important. Yeah. So that absolutely. is my that is my thing is to is to do that. And I think with uh, group RPs, there are multiple ways. At least for us, we have characters that we are actively looking for. Archetypes that we make that sit there and go, if you don't have any ideas, here are kind of half-filled-out sheets of characters that you can build upon and put your own spin on Mm -hmm. that we need within the RP. Yep. And if a roleplay doesn't have something like that, I think it's good to ask for it. Like, like ask what's needed in oh, the roleplay. Yeah. And honestly, if they don't have a, any kind of answer for that, that's almost like a red flag to me, right? Because it makes me wonder, like, well, maybe they're not really thinking about their story in the way that I would be thinking about it. Um, because I'm very, very yeah. story-focused person. So if they don't really, if, like, the mods and the regular players don't have a lot of good ideas on that, it start, makes me start to think, like, I'm not sure they're really doing the same thing I'm doing when it comes to roleplay like maybe this is not for me um so yeah I find that really useful and and you know I kind of think that that's useful for one-on-one as well like when it comes to your character you making sure that it's something that plays off of your partner is is really good so I'll give you give you an example of what I'm talking about like um you know a really a really hard to communicate with like somebody that plays their cards close to their chest you know type of uh really like gruff dude is is a great protagonist for like a detective novel but um, not so much for role play, right? Because they, yeah. they can't play off the other person. So, you know, I, I think it's important to, uh, when you're talking about one-on-one role play, to think about how your character fits in with the other character and um, and don't be afraid to like incorporate things into your character just because you know it would be a good foil or compliment to this other character that you're gonna be playing with. Yes, exactly. And that you, and that if you do really want to play that rough character type, that's silent and stoic, you need to have, you need to make up for that in already built stories so that you know where that's going. Yep. So that you can develop that more. Yeah. Like so you need to be able to explicitly can... tell your partner, um, this is how you get him to open up and like have yeah. a roadmap for them instead of like playing, oh, they have to, to like, they have to try to figure it out. Like that's not fair and that's not fun. No. It's not fun. No, absolutely not. It's not fun in real life. Why would I want to do that? In, right? A, like, I'm not going to put that much effort into trying to make friends in reality. I mean, I guess, I guess unless the person really had something to offer me, but most people do not, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, just tell me, just tell me where to hit it. And I will, I will try to, I will crack tough nuts to crack, but I will, I need a roadmap. Yeah. Um, and, and my characters do as well. Mm-hmm. So having that. I also needed this. I also wanted to expand upon um, something that earlier that as a RP, you come in and if they, the RP doesn't have, you know, ideas of characters that they need. Um, hey, I Thumper. As a, oh, hi, Thumper. <laughs> I want to say, as a mod, it makes me so happy when I see a new person, or not even a new person, when I see a person in general ask and be like, what do we need? Yep. It makes me so excited. Yep. For me too. that app. It's automatically. like yes. They're <laughs> thinking about it. They they know they want to get involved and actually add to this the story and characters. Heck yeah, let's go for it. It automatically pumps me up. So just know that if if you are starting from a mod's perspective, asking that question nine times out of ten will make a mod extremely happy. 
Yep. It always makes me really happy because it's like proof that they want to engage. And it's like, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> please. We love it. <laughs> so um, I think that is that is a huge part of everything. Um, <laughs> oh, my sorry. gosh. We <laughs> cannot have a tavern in the 12th dimension. So everyone can uh, have someone brooding in the dark corner. Right? Like, yeah. oh, my God. How many corners did this tavern have? <laughs> Listen, I love... I love a broody character. I do. And I love the trope of like, you know, broody character and then character who is sunshine, making them like just open up. It's one of my favorite tropes to read. I've, I've written it a little bit before. It's great. Not everyone can play that. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I love, I love, you know, playing Hey Elijah with um, Naomi. I don't know if Naomi's still listening anymore, but I love it for that reason. I mean, that's that's what that's what we're doing, right? But yeah. at the same time, like she doesn't, she doesn't make it, she doesn't make it hard. Like when, yeah. to, so one of, I just, can, I'll speak for her for a second. One of the ways that she makes sure that this trope still works is she makes it so that you know whatever I do as I'm playing Haley, like it works. Right. When when she yeah. sees me writing things that are clearly, you know, me having my character put in effort to try to make this work, she just makes it work like right. She doesn't be like, oh, that's not going to work on him. You know what I mean? Like if I'm putting in effort, then it works. And uh, and that's a really yes. great way to still make that trope uh, fun and, and memorable and uh, and and something that that I can engage in so that it doesn't become like i've spent i've spent all this time trying to crack this nut and it's not working and it's not fun anymore you know yeah exactly and that um that feels like wasted energy like i hate i hate personally as a writer walking away from a thread that felt like nothing in it yeah and a lot of the times those that if a thread is a character trying to break open another person like another character and, and get to know them emotionally and that character refuses all the way up until the end it it feels like nothing happened yeah it's like what was i doing here what was the point of this unless unless you really want to start like an enemy ship with me yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> but that's a whole different thing yeah my character walking away hating your character because he's got to stick up his ass um i mean I, that's an option <laughs> i would gladly write that but uh, anything else than that, I'm just kind of like, nothing happened. Why, why did we write it? Yep. So, but that's my own personal thing. Yep. Um, so with a, kind, of, kind of going along with this, I'm thinking about what the RP needs. I think it's also vastly important when right, making a new character and starting this idea is that you already have a plot idea in head. I'm a little bit, it. yeah. I'm not saying that you need to know the entire story arc of your character. I'm not saying that you need to have it set in stone and go, this is the way it's going. But you you kind of need to have an idea of where you would like to take this character, even if no other characters within the RP are involved. Like, nothing is set in stone. Just trying to sit there and be like, hey, an example, I would like this character for that is affiliated to Styx, who is a faction in our mob RP to become a member of EOS, who is the uh, like the rebels, the, Antifa, the rebels of our RP. I want that plot line to happen. Just knowing that is enough. Yeah, you need to know something like that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I really, I really do think like like having some idea of where you want to take your character is um is really really important. 
Um, it, you don't have, and you don't have, it shouldn't be set in stone. Like things are going to change. You're going to change your mind and that's all good. But like you have to have some kind of idea because just expecting it to happen to you, I don't think is reasonable in most role play situations. Um, to go back to the brooding characters for a moment, we had a comment. Yeah. Um, do you think people favor brooding characters because they're not sure how to role play? Maybe they're better at reading, at reacting to things instead of being proactive. hundred percent. I think playing a brooding character for a lot of people is an excuse to be passive. One hundred percent. I do think that. You know, it's an excuse for them to be able to be like, oh well, I don't have to put in the effort because my character is dark and, you know, um, and I don't think that's right. Like, I don't think that's right. Uh, you know, and, and that kind of brings me to, to a tip that, that I have when it comes to making characters. I think it's important to focus on making a character that people are going to like. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes, you do have to think about, like, what you want for the character and the arc that you want for the character. Because at the end of the day, it's your character, right? So that you have to be happy with them. But, like, putting effort into thinking are the people I'm about to go role play with going to like this character, I think is really critical. And I think a lot of people spend too much time thinking about what they want instead of making a character that other people are going to want, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think um, also Thumper said something about oh. the brooding character that I think kind of adds to that. She said, I think people are attracted to brooding characters because mystery invites others to be interested in what they have going on in the background. But sometimes don't add things like kindness compassion human humor and other characteristics motivate finding that out yeah and i think that's kind of what you were saying as far as like you also need to make that character interesting to other people yep and 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 be like oh this is the character i want to play but who also wants to play with my character mm-hmm yeah, because you can't so. expect other people to do that work. You can't expect other people to bring out the kindness and the humor in your character. Like, you have to bring that out. You have to, you know, jump on the chance when you see a character making a little bit of effort to crack your your character that, that, you, that you let them crack it, you know? Like, that yeah. has to be something that you do. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's a great... That's a great thing to keep in mind when when starting this idea as well. Absolutely. So, um, I think another important thing is this is this is with multiple characters. This I wrote this tip with multiple characters in mind. Okay. If you're playing multiple characters. You're wanting to make a new character. How you need to keep in mind how do you make that character different from the other characters, both in style, personality, and writing. Oh, because I see. a lot of the times, the more characters people get, the lot a lot harder it is to differentiate because we as human beings like to be lazy. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I'm guilty of this. To sit there and be like, no, I need to, each character kind of has to have a quirk or I need to write these characters in very different ways. And so I think when making a new character, you have to think actively about that separation. Yeah, I think that's true. And that's and that is really unique to like joining groups that allow multiple characters because not even every group yes. does. Like a lot of groups, you you only get to play one character when you join, and in in a one on one, sometimes you're only really playing in one character, but sometimes you're not. Like right, like sometimes you're playing yep. multiple characters in a one on one. Sometimes you're joining a role play that allows multiple characters, and in those situations, like I totally agree, you need to think about like what is different between your different characters because otherwise because you're the same writer right and you already have like your similar writing voice um you know you can you can cause for other people to to struggle 
to understand like what the difference is when it comes to that particular character and they start to get your individual characters confused you know and i've definitely experienced that on both ends where like i've not differentiated characters enough and also where i have not um done the work to make sure others can differentiate my characters and uh and that's part of why like i keep bringing certain characters back over and over because i know them very well and i know how exactly how they're different I know when I'm when I've got like a new character that I'm kind of setting up, uh, it's a lot harder and uh, to to do that. And I will spend, I'll, I'll end up like having they end up sounding like similar characters that I've played, you know, because they're newer and I haven't really fully figured out what it is I want to do with them. Yeah, so Thumper says it's tough to keep distinct voices between two characters. That's why I give mine wild accents as a cheat code. I think, honestly, <laughs> I think that's a great cheat code. I really, really do. Like, giving them a, a weird pattern of speech, whether that's an accent yep. or whether that's, like, um, you know, this person speaks very formally or whether they really love a certain word and they use it over and over and over, you know, um, like, Ooh, that is a such one. a valid cheat code. Like, it really, really is. <laughs> <laughs> my my cheat code is a the basis of it is a physical action mm. whether it be a smirk running your hair a biting lip uh running hands through their hair it is a something that happens that grounds me into that character and is like oh right i'm writing james or i'm writing rab um and i have to keep that very much in mind and that helps like ground me as far as like oh there's a cheat code i like it like giving them a specific like physical um yeah i guess i, I want to say tick but that's not the right word like i don't mean a tick but like a physical thing that they do all the time yes absolutely a habit or or whatever yeah um, a, a habit writer... that's the word i'm actually looking for not tick <laughs> a habit <laughs> um as a writer it just is that it's that as i'm writing it and being like oh it's james playing with his hair yeah it just gives me that automatic grounding of being like oh it's also james so he has these massive curls so he's also doing other things with them and how is he standing it is that thing that just reminds me about that but when i'm building a character i try to pick one thing that physicality that just helps me remind yeah that's the physicality that helps remind me as a writer and being like okay how can i differentiate this yeah Rabistan smirks all of the time yeah Owen grins like it, it can be even just a different word but that will help me as a i like that so I like that a lot. Because <laughs> it is hard. It's harder to differentiate when you're talking like vague things like motivation and attitude yeah. and stuff like that. But um, but if you if your mind ends up associating certain um, certain vocal things or certain physical habits to like that, the motivations of that character, then it becomes so much easier. Okay. Yes, it does. And I think it's playing multiple characters i also acknowledge they learn skill mm -hmm. no one is good at that to begin with oh my god no um i is i i cannot tell you how many characters i have been writing that have blended together at some point with another character yeah i'll just sit there it happens even now where i'll sit there and i'll look at the response it'll be like am i writing rab or am i writing phoebe i'm so confused <laughs> characters vastly different however you couldn't tell with the response I just gave. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that for sure. Um, and one so, thing I, I think that that kind of like comes, uh, you know, lends itself to is another tip when it comes to characters that I think sometimes we forget 
is to not be afraid to let that character change. Like you can come up with something yeah. like your initial idea just might not work. Like you might have thought that it worked, but then once you actually start writing the threads, it turns out it doesn't. And like being being willing to make small changes to that character to make them work, I think is super valid. Like, I know some people get really stuck on, but my character is this. And it's like, but why? You know, if your character isn't having the kinds of interactions you want them to have, if they're if you don't feel like you're you're doing with them what you wanted to do, then who cares what that character is, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So I think it's important to be open to making small changes to a character to make them work. I think that happens um, in all stages of playing a character. Mm -hmm. And especially if we're talking about starting, I think that that also happens in character creation. Oh, yeah. Like, not even after you've developed this character and created it and then you started playing it and realized it doesn't fit perfectly. Um, I know a lot of people are very much like, this is my character that I play. I play uh, Elijah Michelson. And this is how he is and this is what it is and this is what I want to play. And I want to bring him into this RP. How can I do that? being able to sit there and be like, okay, well, he has to adapt in some way. I don't know why I'm using um, Naomi's character when I have examples of my own, but that's what I did. Anyway. Well, I think um, when you when you played um, Gemini in, uh, yeah. in, in, in that role play, like that was a really good example. Like she started out as basically this robot and then she turned into something that was a little bit more like, you know, it, she wasn't so robotic anymore. She was, but she more of her personality was like that she got hyper fixated on certain things right yes and that exactly. became that was that and that worked much better than her initial um kind of robotic persona um and thumper yeah. has a good comment about yeah jaywa in uh mm. in uh in magic reborn right she went from an ice queen trying to kind of get better at at what she was doing into like this power hungry right person that ended up helping out the the main villain of the role play quite a lot yeah um and yeah that's another good example of like there the opportunity was there for her to do this instead and and with a small tweak it worked great so like let's make that tweak and do it you know yes and well like and, and you can do that as it can lend itself to helping you plot by doing mm -hmm. that to sit there and be like okay i want to make this active change in this character so how can i get from point a to point b Yep. But also in the character creation itself and sitting there and being like, this personality is just not going to fit with the RP. It's okay to change that. It's okay to to change and form before you even join the art or before you even start writing the character to sit mm -hmm. there and be like, let's take something that was a character and make it an OC. Mm -hmm. That having that little bit of transgender or trans transition is totally okay. Mm -hmm. Um and I think a lot of a lot of writers, especially when they are scared of writing OCs, um, make are really nervous about that of of really changing from the original version or what they view as the original version of a character. Yeah, but the truth is, like nobody's gonna care. Like most people yeah. aren't even gonna notice. And if they do notice, if what you're doing now is working compared to what you were doing before, like they're not gonna care. They're just gonna be glad that you've got something working. Yep. Exactly. And that, and that it fits better. Like, I will 10 times out of 10 take a character that is slightly different from the original inspiration that mm -hmm. fits better into the plot than something that is trying to truly stick to the character was exactly within its show and, or show or movie or book that doesn't fit into the plot. I will take, I will take the adaptation any day. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, and I think that that's, that's like a, that's a real skill is making yourself like internally, making yourself okay with those changes to that character when it's necessary. Like recognizing that, okay, I need to do this and then going and doing it. Um, I think yeah. that's a really useful skill when it comes to role playing. I think, I think that we as like a role play culture kind of lend to the, lend to that original fear being developed because I think that there are, there is a part of the community at least when I was in the Tumblr game, that was very hateful on OCs. Oh yeah, that and was true. Very much like if you create an OC, I like even in fan fiction, I read that there's going to be an OC, and I sit there and I go, oh god, why? <laughs> when that's so what if they're fan. bad? <laughs> it's because I read my immortal, and it was so terrible that it just you know took me off of OC forever. If you haven't read my immortal, the Harry Draco fan fiction. It's the worst written fanfiction in the world. Oh my god. And it, it has won that award. But anyway, um, it's like this idea of OCs of this created character is going to automatically be bad or self-inserty. And so I think that a lot of the community has like internalized that mm -hmm. and still feels very much like, I can't make an OC because no one will like it. Yeah, but that's not necessarily true, right? That's not, not necessarily true. But I, I do think that, there's, <laughs> that you, if you make an OC, like you do have to work a little harder because that stigma exists and that stigma exists for a reason, right? Like it doesn't yeah. come from nowhere. People aren't being like unfair or anything. It comes from a place of like when you make your first couple of characters, they're probably going to be bad. <laughs> and that's yeah. just true. Like, so it's a little bit of self cringe too, I think, when you when you get to the point where you know what you want and you're, you know, and you're role playing well and things like that. And you remember all the horrible, awful OCs that you made once upon a time, you know? Um, so, <laughs> and you're like, gosh, I, I, I hate it. I hate that I subjected people to that. I don't want to interact with an OC because they're probably going to suck like mine did. Right. But, um, yeah. But I do think that they're, I do think, yeah, flashback to my RPs at age 11. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that there's a little bit of, of self cringe in there, but, um, but if, but I, I also find that when you have, when you find somebody that's good at making OCs, that's made a really good OC, those end up being like the best, most favorite characters, right? Yeah. Um, Cause they're not hampered by canon. So one of my little yep. cheats for this that I love to do is to find a character that's mentioned basically in name only in the canon text. <laughs> and so they're not an OC. They're not an OC. You know, they don't have that OC smell on them. But I get to do whatever the hell I want now. And I... nobody gets to tell me otherwise. So that's like my little cheat code for you guys that are um, that are making OCs and trying to deal with that OC stigma. Um, so, so, you know, find, find a character that's technically canon, but that the author didn't spend much time on. And there you go. Here's your OC that's not an OC anymore. Yeah. You taught me that one and I am super grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful, right? It's like such a hack, but it works. Yeah. It works. But it works. Um, as Thumper says, my character now. Exactly. Um, like, yeah. ooh, they're mentioned only once and you only get this one small detail about their backstory. Perfect. I'm just going to do everything with them. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing on that was, uh, so I picked up a character, uh, Ravistan, as I call him. Um, but of course, <laughs> uh, that name is actually not pronounced right. Nope. But I was like, I'm going to pronounce it Ravistan. And, and it was an original character uh, from a series. But you had been like, yeah, you played it more than the author originally played it, that you get to pronounce that name however. 
yep it's, I was like, he's yours now you, <laughs> he's yours now you know um my... Th that's my trick for that yeah uh so it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful little trick and i think also um if you want to play ocs you should be able to do it one-on-one one-on-one but i think within groups mm -hmm. especially on discord ocs are kind of standard at yeah. this point um, I, I think that OCs fit so much better because it's a lot harder unless you're playing. Well, I mean, and even then when we had like our Disney RP, they technically not OCs, but they were. Yeah, but they are. Because we <laughs> developed them for that, for that world. So I think that um, if you really want to stretch those muscles, especially if you've never made an OC before, go into groups, figure, you know, no one will blame you for learning and no one will like be angry at you for trying to try new things new kinds of characters kind of like yeah. you said last week i agree um yeah there are ocs in cosplay a hundred percent yeah so there was a, a good question um i'm sorry for whatever reason the color the color of your name like i can't read it on my screen um so has a zach Oh, okay. Okay. So the question was for most role playing of the types, oh shoot, I pressed the wrong button. Um, for most role plays of the type, you're talking about a world with established characters. Then I'm a writer and tabletop role player. So OCs are all I ever use. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's role plays that there's, yeah. there's, there's only original characters and that's all you ever have. Um, I think what kind of sparked this conversation is we've both had experiences in like the Tumblr, um, fandom role play spaces and, um, and in those spaces, that's where you kind of, you kind of get you get this little bit of um, OC stigma. But there's plenty of role play spaces where everyone's expected to have an OC and it's all good, you know? Yep. And, uh, and and so, you know, it's it's if you're interested in those spaces then you're not gonna have that type of problem. Yeah, and like I said, I think with group RPs, those are, those are spaces I think that most people in Atlantis would not assume that the people in Atlantis are not always OCs. Like oh, yeah. the fact that Elijah exists they they would be like oh well i mean i just assumed that they were characters and you liked those things yeah i mean he was adapted he was adapted he was to that adapted, like yeah. so in in the context of that role play like he is an oc exactly so um i think that's that's what i've got for new characters um and create and character creation as far as starting that process do you have anything else i think that i covered the plots that or the points that you wanted to make too i'm just looking at my notes real quick um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's like my main things is, is kind of think about how that character fits in um, with either the yeah. group or the person that you're role playing. And, um, and, and, you know, don't be afraid to make changes if they if they don't like there's there's nothing that says you have to do exactly what you originally planned to do. Yeah, and um, Thumber made a good point that I don't think we we said uh, directly about the OC thing that OC stigma and fandom was was big mostly because there was this idea of in self-insert shipping mm -hmm. and people um, don't like that for whatever reason yeah and and i think it was because i think also this idea of self-inserts uh comes from a place that most people think self-inserts means inexperience because you're writing you're not as adept to building characters and things like that so yeah. i think that that, is, that in itself the idea of disliking self-inserts is very stigma too yeah not saying it's bad not saying you can't do it um but I think that that is a lot of what the feelings are around it. Well, I know, 
I know for me personally, like I, I don't have a lot of interest in interacting with self inserts because when you have somebody that's got a self insert, it you might experience a lot of character bleed, right? Like you might be role playing with somebody that your if your character hurts their character's feelings, then all of a sudden their feelings are going to be hurt, and I find that incredibly stifling um, as a role player. So yeah, Thumper you know. Thumper just said the exact same thing where the when self insert gets rejected, they take it extremely personally. Yeah, um, and a lot more character bleed, and yeah. that is a hundred percent true. Yeah, um, although character bleed can happen with non self inserts too. And oh, we should oh, keep that in mind. Absolutely, like that's not like unique. We should have we should have a topic about characters. So at some point, we need to talk about character bleed. With oh yeah, death. yeah, we probably um, do. So we'll add that to the list of ideas. But yeah, I think that uh, for new characters, just be aware, have them fit in. Um, don't be scared to adapt, to go different places and have an idea of where you want to go with them. Yeah, I think that's that's the main kind of like 101 character tips that uh, yes. that we have. There's there's so much, like I have a whole playlist on my channel when it comes to characters, like there's so much you can do, um, you know, that goes beyond that. But I think that's kind of like the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, did we talk yeah, about writing see. starters earlier in the topic list? We have not tar started talked about writing starters yet, but next we're going to talk about plot, and I think that we yeah. can we can talk a little bit about starters in in regard to plot. It was on my list. Tumper, why you why you steal my spotlight? Just kidding. <laughs> I love you so much. No, <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good um, idea. It is. It's a great idea. When we'll definitely discuss that. So let's move on to plot then, um, and what the ideas of, of plot and how and where that leads to um so you have a new character you join a new group how do you plot how do you mm -hmm. get started with that um and i think the first thing that i have to say is that you as a person who wants to start plotting better have some ideas yep I, it's that simple if you if you're like i really want to plot and don't give me anything i i i that just makes me not want to plot <laughs> yeah like what am i supposed to do with that like so and i don't even think the idea has to be big i just think you have to oh, come with not. something like something you know i don't i hate getting into these conversations that are like you know the birds from that disney movie um, this, I don't know, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know, yeah. what do you want to do? Like, I have that conversation every day already on what we want to have for dinner. I don't want to have it in role play where I'm supposed to be <laughs> relaxing. You know what I mean? Now, don't start that again. Yeah, exactly. Like, I hate that conversation. I hate that conversation. Everyone hates that conversation. So, um, you know, of course, nobody's going to like it in, in role play. So I think, like, the dinner back and forth. Yeah, the dinner back and forth. Oh, my God, I hate it so much. Um, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Just pick something. <laughs> And I and I dislike the cousin of that con that conversation, which is the oh my gosh, I'm so excited to write with you. I read your character, knew I wanted to write with this character, and then does nothing from that. Yeah, like I'm like, did you actually like? Where it just feels like you were blowing steam up my ass, and I got excited. And then, and then it turned nothing. out you actually didn't want to role play. You just wanted to. You just wanted to. I don't know. There was you. You thought you were gonna make a friend or something. Um, yeah. So and it's I like. I understand that as a newbie and as you know starting something with a total random stranger and someone that you've really just lurked and followed all your instructions before that that like starting idea is um is intimidating and i think i'm not expecting the person who comes to me to start everything and have ideas right off the bat 
but I expect a yes and sort sort of situation. Yes. That if I'm if they're gonna be like, okay, what do you want to do? And I say maybe they should meet by the docks. That the response should be, oh yes, and maybe they can do this, or maybe I'm looking for this sort of relationship, or yeah. X, Y, and Z. You don't have to have the entire plot threat, you know, planned out and threaded out and everything like that. But having sort of an and situation is really incredibly important to plotting. Yeah. Yes, uh, Thumper. Oh says, yeah, go no, go oh, for it. I was going to read what Thumper said too, but yeah, go for it. I I struggle hard when someone emojis my call. And they have a character that I don't know what to do with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for context for us, for our um, RP, we have starter calls, which basically means that you post something in a channel that says, hey, come play with my characters. Someone then emojis that starter call and then approach that person or and or just write a starter for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I find for me, and I guess we can kind of start talking about starters at this point too. Yeah. That... Uh, I find for me, I'm the kind of our peer that I want to have a plan. Um, it, like I said, it doesn't have to be fully plotted out what their threat is going to be, but I want to make sure that I'm not kind of like what we discussed earlier, uh, that this plot isn't, this threat isn't just going to be me saying, and my character saying hi, your character saying hi, and us going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily have the that is not my favorite kind of RP, so I like to get in and if someone emojis my starter, I will then hop into their DMs and be like, Hey, what what you thinking? Or yeah. what are you what are you looking for as a writer? What is it that you want? Yeah. So I guess I guess I feel a little bit differently and I, I guess I feel this way partly because of what I feel like my role as the admin is. So I I feel like, you know, as the main admin, it is my responsibility that anyone that wants to role play with me, that I make sure that that happens, right? So, and that's like, that is unique to, uh, to, to me right as the main admin. It's not something that I think um, a lot of other people are going to feel that way. so with that in mind, like I am 100% okay with random starters. Now I will then in those situations where I message them and I'm like, Hey, did you have anything in mind? And they're like, no, I just wanted, you know, just anything is fine. You know? And, and I, and I'm like, okay. And then I throw up something random. Like I do expect a yes. And in the thread, cause it probably, yeah. if you do something like that, like I'm going to put in something that's at least a little bit dramatic, right? Like either my character is going to like straight up run into you, right? We'll do that little cheesy thing. Or, you know, I'm going to do something like, um, you know, something that, that, puts my character in a position for yours to be mad at them or vice versa for them to be mad at you. And I, I kind of expect like, you know, the person to kind of pick that up, right? So that's when it comes to like a situation where you're writing a starter, I think that, um, that you know, if you if you aren't gonna do that plotting, then the more dramatic, the better, right? Like, like do the cheesy thing that sounds like too much um, so that, that the other person has something to grab onto. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that is um, important to be able to write with every character, especially mm-hmm. as you are the admin. Um, and, and I agree to an extent interactions and first meetings and stuff like that leads to possibly bigger plots. Um, so I know, I know for the most part that that is 
good stuff. I just, for me and my writing style, I'm like, I really kind of want to have an idea of what I'm investing in. And yeah. if you don't have ideas and if you're fine with anything, like I'm not going to not write the start list, right? Yeah. I'm going to sit there and be like, okay, cool. And then I will do that and throw everything into it and, and write a starter no matter what. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like to be like, okay, what are we doing? What's going on? We, oh, hey, we've never written with these two characters together. What do we want their relationship to be? Um, what did you have in mind? So, you know, for an, a great example is that uh, Ginny and Katya were two characters within Atlantis. We hadn't written anything together. Katya was new, and I was just like, hey, what you looking for? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, mm, how about they are, you know, workout buddies? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, from there, we'll be like, oh, okay. And then what if they, like, that's all I need from there. But it's uh, just something, right? Just something, something to grasp onto. Make sure that I'm not gonna just like walk into a bar to a pretty character. In a mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that My comes own- that comes a little bit from like where we are as writers, yes. you know, because we, you know, you're like a full time student, and um, and I work yeah. full time and have that stuff. So like, there's only so many hours in the day to role play, and we want to make sure that that's spent on something valuable. Whereas like, I'm sure there's people listening that are not in that situation, right? Like either they're not working, or they're in they're in high school, or they're you know part time student or whatever. Like they just have more time and more energy to dedicate to role play and I know back when I had more time and more energy to dedicate to role play I was much more amicable to doing things that went nowhere and meant nothing you know what I mean yeah like and so I I don't think that like I don't think that like having meandering role plays that do nothing is bad at all like I think it's fine I think it's perfectly fine but um but when it comes to like what I want to do uh, it's it, it doesn't always work because I feel like I'm wasting my time and I just don't I just don't have the time for that. Exactly. I think and I think it is important in that first as mods and the admin that that first interaction because yeah. I agree with you. If there's a new character, I do try to interact with that character. Yeah. Even if I don't have a character that really is in mind that would like fit in with that character. I'm totally fine with doing that because I want that person, whether they be new to the RP or their character to be new, to be inclusive and have as many opportunities to floss as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I think is partially our job as uh, admin and mo- as as admin and mod, mm-hmm. um, more than it is necessarily as someone who is a player within the RP. Yeah, I mean, if you're just a player, I don't think you have any obligation um, when it comes yeah. to to interacting with everybody. I mean, I think that if trying to interact with everybody is probably a good thing, right? That's that's going to benefit you if you can do that. But I don't think you have an obligation in the way that like I have an obligation to do that. Exactly. Yeah, and I and you have even obviously an obligation than I do. I just try to sit there and be like, I guess I should be kind of responsible. <laughs> I have to. If I have to. I mean, just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> you mean I have to play nice? I guess. Let's talk about torturing your character. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Okay. So once we have that idea of like putting ideas in, I'm sorry, you're cutting out a little bit. Can you say that again? With... Oh no. Can you hear me better? Uh-oh. Um. Yeah, I think so. There we go. Sorry, it's, you know, being in the middle of nowhere is hard. Yeah, I think that's uh, what it is, because it, like, it sounds like you're having, an, like, an internet hiccup, because it, like, gets, like, the sound is still coming through, but it comes through slowly. All 
right, let's try this. Is that better? Uh, yes, actually, that sounds better. Okay. Cool. Um, so anyway, what I was saying is this, it kind of goes with the yes and, and kind of what we talked about with like having ideas, but you need to collaborate with your partner. Yeah. And this is one-on-one -on -one as well as group. That yeah. this is a group project. You have to give you, as my advice is to only invest a little more than what your partner is investing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is, so to... If, if your partner is super excited, be super excited. If you are super excited and your partner is not super excited, you can't just continue to be super excited at them. Yeah. Because you're going to, you're as a, as someone who is, you're going to plot yourself out and you're going to be upset that you're the only person plotting. Yeah. Um, and that's my, my view on it. That this is a collaboration that has to be equal partnership in it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it doesn't have to be equal like all the time, right? Like it yeah, doesn't have no. to be equal 24 seven. Um, but I do think over the course, if you look at like over the course of several months, it should basically be equal, right? Over over the course of a few months with, with the same person, um, you should be able to see multiple times that, that you gave a little more and multiple times that they gave a little bit more, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. When people are going to have different things at different points in time and different like abilities to our key and, and everything like that too so it should be over the course of the entirety of the relationship and yeah and plot but it should be that you are not feeling like the only person putting in effort mm -hmm. and if you are a person who wants to put in little like less effort you need to make sure to like let your partner know that that yeah. you're not really a plotter or that you don't really want to discuss things like that that you want to see how things come and, and are played out Yep. Because I think that, that that really could put pressure and, and really make the relationship difficult. Yeah. And I think it's also important to tell them because that gives them an opportunity to say, okay, well, that's not going to work this time because of blah, 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 blah. But if you just never address it, then you end up in something where um, where the relationship can, can fester in this very, um, like, uh, this. you can build up this resentment, you know, between you and the other person if it's never yes. addressed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I agree some, with that. I had some notes. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my notes. I had some notes on what I wanted to say when it comes to plotting. Um, so the the other thing when it when it comes to like coming up with an idea and writing the starter and everything, I think it's super important to not be married to your initial first idea and yes. to you know oh, yes got one um, and and <laughs> we we need him the the sour crocodile thing that keeps coming has to eat him so i've been that's why oh. i'm trying to get one um so you know it, to, don't be super married to whatever it is that you come up with for your plot be a little bit flexible for that you know like you might have an end goal in mind and then um something crazy happens and you have to change that right and i and yeah. i think that that not that making sure that you know where to be rigid and where to be more flexible is a really critical skill when it comes to being a good role player. Because there are certain things where you're going to find like, okay, to do what I want to do with this character, I actually have to do this and it's not negotiable. Like this has to happen, right? And I have to figure out a way to make it happen. Um, but there are places where you can be a little bit flexible. Like it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be like that. And I think trying, making space for the times that you can be more flexible is really important. 
right? Because that opens you up to, to not only getting the right support for your character, it opens you up to more, um, more complex and more interesting things than what you could come up with on your own. It also makes it so that you seem like you're open and so that you're there to help other characters also you know, make the, do the things that they want to do and help them along yeah. with their storylines in addition to, to you, you know, getting your storyline for your character that you want. Yeah, I absolutely agree with all of that, that, um, sorry, you just said it so well. Oh no, you're <laughs> so sorry. No, <laughs> I try to not do that too much so that, uh, oh that God. we have more of a conversation, you know? Oh my God, you're just so perfect though. Oh, um, stop no. it. <laughs> that you your character is obviously your main character but the other character is theirs as well and you have to give and take that that you have to be there to help them with their plots as much as they are to help you with your plots yeah as well as that if you are i mean i think that if you are rigid in your plot lines you guys you might not as well like write you might as well just write a book yeah right, right? like why are you role-playing i do i do um, wonder that when people get super rigid on everything and they're never willing to flex i wonder like what are you doing here why don't you just you know ao3 exists like go yeah. <laughs> i i also just don't understand when it comes to that that um sorry you're good <laughs> had the thought lost it that um you as an rp like oh if you're in a group rp you know that there are going to be events. You know that there are multiple people affecting things around you. Yeah. None of those people, at least in most RPs, most RPs have a no god modding rule. Mm -hmm. So no one can directly control what happens to your character. Mm -hmm. But you know that things that are going to happen within the within the world are going to affect you. Yep, they sure are. Um, and you can't and stop it. That's what you sign up for when you are in a group RP. So yes, hypothetically, if you wanted to, you, you could plan the next year out. I'm not going to lie. I've done that. But I've also kept in mind that there's going to be something that's going to mess that up. That's yeah. going to change the course. That's going to make it better. Because frankly, when you have a collaboration and you're making a story together, that's going to make it better than just your ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a, a couple good comments that I want to call out. So Thumper said, um, I want to be a plotter, but I'm way too convinced that everyone's got a sniper lined up to find the holes in any plans. Like, I don't think that's true. And when I have been sniped like that, because there are some people like, okay, let's, let's be honest. There are some people that are like that. When, yeah. like, I just say, congratulations, you found the plot hole. Like, it doesn't mean anything. There's plot holes in everything. There's no such thing as a story. Like, even the most beloved stories um, have plot holes. Like, who cares? It's not about that. Like, at the end of the day, nobody, nobody really cares. And even the people that do care about that, they're not, like... <sighs> They're not really thinking about it in the right way. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not good collaboration. So I would say like you know that's that's my take on it. When someone finds my plot holes, it's like congratulations, gold star for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't mean I... plot holes. I mean someone will find a way to sabotage it. Oh yeah, and I've had that before too. And I just tell them like you should have you need to message me and talk about that. Like you can't just do that. Um, like I don't let people do that to me. Just straight up, I'll DM them and be like, "Yo, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, and I think that there's also if I think that I can only speak to us as mods, right? And frankly, yeah. I can only speak to our RPs because those are the RPs that I've been in recently. Um, but if there is an important plot that you want to make happen, we will foster that to make. Yeah, it happen. like we're gonna make I it happen. That, 
yeah, I understand that there's a lot of anxiety around it. I understand there can be a lot of, yeah, it's, it's scary to build your own plot. It's scary to, to get excited about something, to have something be ruined, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but if you really want a plot, then bring it up to your partners because most people, most of the time, will sit there and be like, okay, yeah, let's do that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you most people want to make it happen. Yeah, you might have to negotiate it a little bit. You might have to sit there and be like, oh, like, I, frankly, Thumper, I hope you don't mind me calling us out on this. But we had a plot between two people who were going to be in a relationship. And, um, you know, Thumper, when she originally <laughs> brought up the idea, uh, had a very uh, different ending to how we kind of discussed that other ending ending to be um, as far as it was for James and, and Ari. Uh, that she had this idea of it being like, you know, happiness ever after. And I don't know what that means. not how I roll. Um, <laughs> so being able to have that discussion and and uh, plotting time to sit there and be like, okay, what is something that gets you the plot that you want and gets me the plot that I want and come up with that collaboration, I think is part of the fun part of, uh, of plotting. Yeah. Is that teamwork, that coming together and, and trying to figure that out. Um, is the fun part of all of this. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all had experiences like that where, like, you know you want to do something, you both want to do it, but the way that you want to do it is um, is just quite different. (laughs) So (laughs) So how do you you make those things line up? And sometimes they don't line up, but sometimes they do, and it can be really, really great when it does. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes, like, also characters have minds of their own, or you have to stay true to character, or... You get caught up in a plot or a a thread and that things just kind of get thrown off and that's okay too. Yep. Um, But for the most part, I think that if there is something that you really do want to have long-term plotting with and you want to plot it out, having open communication about that is is going to be what's going to make it easier. Yeah, it's crucial. Um, and, and letting everyone in on it. Sometimes it's really fun to want to keep your big plots a secret from everybody else so that when the moment hits, it's like jaw-dropping. Mm-hmm. But that comes with a lot of trust and a lot of faith and a lot of practice. Yep. And then we had another a good question. Um, do people not yeah. play as support characters, mostly being what's needed in other characters' plot lines? Like, yeah, no, actually nobody wants to do that. Um, I mean, no. I say nobody, but it's like nobody asterisk, right? Like every once in a while, you will get people willing to play support characters. Or like in my role plays, we allow people to create multiple characters. So they might have like a main character that's really theirs and then another one that they create for somebody else. Like that does happen. But generally, no. Uh, generally, everybody wants to feel special. They want their character to be the main character. They don't want to play support, um, but what, but you have to play support sometimes, right? Like you have to play support sometimes or nothing ever happens. If you're the main character all the time, no one wants to play with you. And that's just, that's yeah. just the truth. So yeah, we said it sounds like dancing actually. Um, yeah, 100%. It's, it's a lot like dancing. Like I liken role play to dating a lot because I really do think it's like that. Um, it's an intimate activity that you're doing generally, generally, not always, with one other person at a time. Even in a group role play, you're, you're, not, you're not always role playing as a group. You're usually having specific interactions with specific people. You know, so so it, it's it's a lot it's a lot like those those types of activities, dancing and dating and things like that. It really, really is. To uh to very much very quickly touch back on what you were saying about uh, playing side characters. Yeah. You, if you think of yourself, you are the main character of your story. 
Yeah, because I'm writing from my character's perspective. Like, not even as a character. You as a living human being. You, yeah. Karen, are the main character of your life. Of the Karen story. I am the main character of everybody's story. Just kidding. You know what? Of my story. <laughs> <laughs> Mute Landon. Um, <laughs> listen. <laughs> but... So we are we are each we are our own main characters and everyone else's side characters. That doesn't mean that everyone else is a side character. And role playing is the same exact way. You are writing from the perspective of your character, and therefore that character thinks they are the main character. In the big, huge telling of the story, you need to be able to be there to support other characters in their quest for power, and that's what kind of or in their quest for end goals and plot. Yeah, whatever it is um, that they want to do while also doing your own and that's what kind of makes it fun i think i think that's what makes group rps so special is that like you know anywhere between 10 to 50 characters trying to live their main character life while also just being each other's stepping stones mm -hmm. so yeah oh yeah batman and robin <laughs> i love that <laughs> oh man remember when scrubs was good i do uh <laughs> I actually watched, I didn't watch Scrubs until it was off of the air. Really? And, so like, and I think I skipped the last season altogether because I had heard it was terrible. It's awful. Yeah, it's um, awful. There's no reason so for no, it. I, I don't remember when it was good, but I do remember rewatching it and thinking it was funny and thinking that, like, I had that thought of, like, oh, God, I'm JD. And that's really just not who I want to be in life. <gasps> I think a but lot of I people am. watching Scrubs had that feeling. <laughs> I'm JD and I don't want to be. <laughs> uh, Dr. Cox, okay, Thumper, Dr. Cox is the best. Actually, Dr. Cox is who I want to be. Sarcastic asshole? Hell yeah. Give it to me. Live your dreams. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but then going back to the dancing thing, yeah, it is. It is about dancing. It's about movements and it's, a never, it's an always playing game. And that you have to um, trust what your partner is going to do is going to follow the rules and like... Uh, has a Zach says that that partner can switch it up and surprise you absolutely mm -hmm. sometimes that's great sometimes it's not so great and you have to deal with the fallout of it mm -hmm. and that's what makes it so complicated and messy in one yeah i agree so um yeah and then i think also when uh when plotting i think the last thing that we have which we kind of already discussed is knowing the direction that you want to go Oh um, yeah, I think that's is important. This, is this is this you don't have you don't necessarily have to know that about everything, especially when it comes to starter writing. But if you're going to have an interaction with something and you want those two characters to be important to each other, is it going to be a ship? Is it going to be a friendship? Is it going to be enemies? Real life people would know after that first no! interaction the kind of direction this relationship may have potential to go. They might not know the ending of it. But they would have a sense of being like, do I like this person? Do I not like this person? Do I find this person attractive? You have to keep that in mind with your character too when you're building plots. And being like, oh, what what would my character feel about this character? And what direction do we want to go with two characters together? Mm -hmm. These guys are going to keep fighting. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we, lo we love it when they... Do we? It's expensive for me. I have to keep healing them. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay. Isn't that every mother's dream? <laughs> I have a terrible, terrible habit of judging the attractiveness of characters based on the face claim choice. I think a lot of people that come from like face claim style role plays, so that was like, you know, 
um, LiveJournal back in the day and kind of Tumblr today. And I feel like a lot of the face claim role players are on Twitter nowadays, but, um, but yeah, like I, I do think that a lot of people fall into that trap um, where they see a face claim and they, and they think like, oh, based on the face claim, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. And they don't really spend time thinking about if the characters are actually compatible. Like, I know this happens in, ah, yes, got him too. Okay, he, the crocodile also has to eat two of him. So hopefully another one will join. Um, so that's something that I think is, is really critical to think about. Like, okay, you might really like this face claim, but is this actual like character compatible with your character? And sometimes like you can make that happen and sometimes it, it doesn't really happen that way. It just really depends. Um, you know, cause in, think about like in real life, you know, when you, when you see somebody you think is attractive, like I think people do this in real life too. They, they, they get all these ideas in their head and then sometimes the actual person doesn't pan out to be like yeah. what they thought based on their appearance. So, you know, it's, it's very similar when it comes to, to role play for that to happen as well. Um, and I think you just got to be open to being like, well, shoot, I was wrong about that. And this actually isn't going to happen. And um, and it's just, it's not going to work out in the way that I think it is. It just turns out it's going to be a fling, which is what would happen in reality if you're in the same situation, right? Where you're like, this person's super hot. I'm going to pursue them. And then it turns out, oh, I was wrong. They're not actually. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty <Yep>. shallow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. And I think, I think that also, um, Thumper, I don't know if you're talking, Thumper says, it's like, this is a cute idea, but you've chosen an idea I would fight with my two hands, so. Oh, um, yeah, if you don't like the face claim, that's like the opposite problem, I, right? Like, yeah, I sit there and I go, there are certainly face claims that, because of experience or because I just don't like their face, or I just don't like their them as a person and who their brand is in real life, I understand that, like, quick, like, like nah no thanks yeah um i think that discord makes it a little bit easier considering we're not constantly seeing that person's face whereas when we used to role play on tumblr you would see their face all the time because we would use the gift constantly chats. yeah yes um but i think that that is part of uh trying to figure out how to write like to not character bleed a little bit because it would be what is your feelings about this fc Mm -hmm. um versus what would my character feel about this character yeah and if your character would be down to fight this character because the other person's fc just happens to have a really punchable face that's totally fine i mean that happens um, in real life too i'm sure i'm sure you've <laughs> met somebody that's like you first meet them and your initial instinct is like oh my god i freaking hate you and yeah. i think that's valid too like i mean because like, that happens you, in reality <laughs> you just take a fist really really well yeah, like, um, why do you have to look just <laughs> like my ex? Ugh, you know? Come on. <laughs> um, but I think that that is also part of, like, getting over the struggle of of being a, um, of, of not trying to make your characters as much yourself and just sitting there and being like, okay, my characters have to, I want to play my characters as close to living, breathing human beings as possible. Yeah. As realistic as possible, which means that they're going to be, they're going to have different emotions. And, like, Rab, Rab loves blonde can't stop the blonde train can't stop um, me won't however, stop i'm like they're fine i guess <laughs> but, <laughs> I, they're fine i guess um but uh so it's it's kind of like okay taking it's it's that practice of taking yourself out of it um, yeah which is extremely difficult and yeah. doesn't always work because i guarantee you i have those fcs that just make me not want to play with another person and that's okay 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have that too, just because, you know, someone's ruined it for me before. Like they, they played this character and like, I really didn't get along with them. I really didn't like their character or we had some kind of crazy falling out or whatever. And now every time I see that face claim, I'm like, ew. (laughs) And it's not on purpose. It's just the reality of what, of what, you know, the associations that get, that happen in your brain. (laughs) We're human. Like that's the other thing too. And we can apply that to our characters. Do not get me wrong. I have written a very inconvenient ex before. To sit there and be like, oh, man, you look just like his ex-girlfriend. Guess he can't like you. Like, I have done that before. And that's perfectly reasonable. As long as you're aware that you're, you know, cutting off any... That's the direction in which you're taking that plot. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Thumper's comment, so I just feel so shallow. I mean, it is kind of shallow. But I I do, I think there's like a line, right? Like, I think it's disingenuous to pretend like people aren't shallow, that like you're some perfect person that aesthetics don't matter to because that's just not real. Like that's not real at the end of the day. And and yeah, we do as people, as visual creatures, because we generally are visual creatures, we do place too much value on aesthetics. Like 100% we do. And it causes a lot of problems. And um, and, you know, there's an urge to not want to duplicate certain problems in the role play space that exist in reality. And like, I totally get that. But also, I don't think there's any value in being too hard on yourself to the point where you can't really do it. Like everybody has limits in, in what they can do and, you know, uh, and how, how much they can they can implement those sort of things into their writing and into their role play. So, you know, if it's a reality for you, I think it's valid. Yep, I agree. Um, and if that's just... Like, and that's, that's okay. Yeah, I don't think it's really, I don't think it's really a problem, you know, because it's, because it's real. And, and, you know, so long as you're not, as long as you're, you're keeping your character bleed to a minimum where, um, where you're not affecting the other writer, then, you know, that is what it is. That's okay, Thumper. We we reached to the point of the end of our notes, so really we needed to continue this conversation for fifteen minutes anyway. So yeah, no, we're good. good <laughs> you can derail as much as you want. I mean, like I I I do want you guys in the chat to like feel like you can contribute to the conversation, even if you don't want to necessarily like come on the stream, because um, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that we're helping as as many people as possible, right? Like that's the whole point, right? Is to help you guys with role play, and and I really really do believe that. The way that people are going to find the most help is by getting lots of different opinions. So, um, so the derailing is an important part of the uh, of the uh, of the stream. <laughs> Derail oh. away. Thanks, Zach. He says we're very educational. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. I'm assuming your name is Zach because it's. I just so if it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can tell us it what you what you want us to call you if um if it's not Zach. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think that, and I think other people have that issue too. Yeah. Did let's see, did we discuss how to write a plot for a group that will be easy for people to jump in? Um, not. So I think so we, that's a little bit more discussing like how to write for creating your own RP and things like that. Yeah. Um, so like no, but I. So I'll I'll just fall on the sword here. I actually nixed that. Um, Landon did want to talk a little bit about making a group, and I said no. Um, <laughs> uh, because I think that that's its own dedicated topic. So I do want to spend um, some time talking about like what it means to step into the role of like a game master or a dungeon master, what it means to like create a, a group role play, things like that. Um, you know, and like like a like a kind of 101 like we're doing here, but a 101 for like moderators and game masters. 
um, you know, I do, I do want to do something like that because I think that's its whole topic that we can spend two hours talking about. That is, that is very true. Although I feel like we've proven so far that we can spend two hours talking about almost anything. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> um, I think my big takeaway when it comes to being new and getting started with plots is to have an idea, let your partner in on that idea, and run with it. Yeah. And, and let it change and let it adapt and change and let it adapt and change your character. Yeah. It's really all about the yes and at the end of the day, when it comes to all of these things that we've talked about, when it comes to like, you know, looking for a group and getting started and, and looking at those social cues, right? When it comes to your creating your character, when it comes to those initial plotting things that you have to do, like it's really all about the yes and. Um, if you can master doing being like a yes and type of person in every aspect of your of your role play experience, then um, then I think you are like so ahead of the game. Um, yep. If you can do that everywhere. And also, this all comes with practice, and even with tons of practice, you'll mess up. I will oh, yeah. admit, I am not a master at a lot of these things. Yeah, that's just part of how it works. Is that you are trying to mesh with people on the internet and that can go really well and that can go not so well sometimes and to just keep in mind that all you're really trying to do is have a fun time and build off of one another yeah i mean i still mess up to this day there's still things that i'm like you know oh i shouldn't have responded like that or oh i should i should have made a big deal out of this but i didn't you know or Things like, um, you know, gosh, I wish I would have made a different decision. This didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to. Like, you know, that still happens to this day. Um, and I really honestly don't think it's ever going to stop happening. Um, no. But that's kind of the beauty of role play. It's because it has it has so much to do with everyone else and not just me. That it's it engages me in a way that other writing activities just do not and can't. And nothing is also permanent, too. Like, sitting there and being like, oh, man, I made a decision that ended up getting my character killed. Guess next RP, I'll have to rebring that character in and try again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do that We do that a lot, right? There's definitely role plays that have been, like, kind of redemption arcs for characters, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I wanted um, I wanted to give myself the challenge in, in Magic Reborn of playing, like, Abby but a good guy, um, which was, it was crazy, but it was really good. It was really good to expand her in that way. Yeah, and it's, it's very interesting on how to... I like the redos, right? Mm -hmm. I like the opportunity to sit there and, and either expand or make a different decision or uh -huh. make the same decision and let your partners make different decisions. Yep. All of it is is you can tell a story a million different ways and RP gives you the ability that if you want to, you can tell that story a million ways with yeah. different with different choices. Yep. And it, it's so it's so easy to do because you have all of these other people that you're that you're relying on for the story to happen. You know, so you can't get trapped into like your same old things, because even if you do, if other people aren't doing that, if they're not getting trapped into their same old things, then, OK, well, now you end up having to have differences, you know? Yeah. Thumper uh, said that Rab got to not be a serial killer for that one RP. Yeah, like, one whole RP. <laughs> and then he went right back. And then he went uh, right back. <laughs> when we were playing Yin said, and he was charming, he was not a serial killer. He was a creeper, but he was not a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, he was close, though. He was a lawyer, so. All right, yeah, I mean, he was a shark and also, like, super stalkery. But you know what? It's fine. He has a thing for blogs. He can't help himself. Poor guy. 
Poor guy. <laughs> he doesn't actually deserve pity. Don't be fooled, y'all. You know, so much pity. Please, pity Rab. That's all he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, we've hit the 150 mark, and I have some good news for you. On it. Oh, what is it? Um, so a uh, a woman Ugh. was reunited Ugh. with a lost teddy bear. <gasps> uh, and it was all thanks because of Ray, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh my gosh, I love a good I love Ryan Reynolds and teddy bears. So this <laughs> sounds right bears. up my alley. Let me like let me can you um link I, I assume this is an art, our article of the day, right? It is our article. Okay. Yes. I figured that was a good transition. <laughs> yes. Can you um can you link it and I'll bring it up on screen and I'm just going to save the game and uh, and get that done. Thank you. I see it. Okay. Let's get out of here. Okay. Woman reunited with lost teddy bear. Oh my gosh. I love Ryan Reynolds, by the way. Like, if y'all are not following oh. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' Twitter, you are missing out. He doesn't tweet super often, but when he does, they're gold. <clears throat> I need to tell you that I gave up Vegetable Orchestra simply because Ryan Reynolds was the name of this of this headline. Really? That's how much I love Ryan Reynolds, is I'd give up a Vegetable Orchestra and reading about that for this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's see this. So, Ryan Reynolds, Vancouver. $5,000 to anyone who returns this bear tomorrow. Zero questions asked. I think we all need this bear to come. Oh my gosh, he signal so, boosted her bear. Yep, the story is, is that Mara is a young, is a 28-year-old woman whose backpack was stolen the other day uh, with an iPad and this teddy bear inside of it. And now she didn't care about the iPad because it was really important. This bear came from Build-A-Bear and had one of those voice recordings of her mother's voice. And her mother passed in 2017. Oh my and the bear said things like, I love you and I'm proud of you in her mother's voice. And so she had had this bear since her mother died of cancer uh, and had, had or had been diagnosed with cancer. And so it was the last like remaining thing she had of her mom, especially of voice wise. And it was in the backpack that had been stolen. And all she wanted was the backpack back. That's it. Um, she just wanted the bear back. They could keep the iPad. She just really wanted her, her mom's voice. And so Ryan Reynolds blasted this on his Twitter, offered $5,000 to someone who would return the bear. And two people came forward and returned the bear. Um, and so she is reunited with her bear. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And it was it was a little heartwarming little thing to know that um, that not only did Ryan Reynolds tweet this out and make it happen, but that Mara got her mom, the last piece of her mom back. Here's here's the, the quote when she got the bear back. Um, then on Tuesday night, Mara's special bear came back home. I'm not going to lie. I kind of buckled. As soon as I saw him pull her out of the bag, I just started sobbing and I grabbed her out of his hands and couldn't let her go. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. Yeah. And Ryan, Ryan did end up paying the man, the people who uh, found the bear. Good. He ended up wiring the money. So it was 100% like a real thing and that he, he made this happen. So, yeah, just a little bit of happy news for you. That's so cool. You know, as much as Twitter is like a hell site, every once in a while things happen like this because it's, of the reach that you can that you can get on Twitter that are just like that are just so wonderful like that's one of the the <laughs> things that you couldn't have done before the internet yeah. existed and um but because of the internet like these sort of things can happen now it's just beautiful 
Well, and I know I know it's a small thing, and that there are a lot of there's a lot of bad in the world, and a lot of celebrities are not using their power and influence the way that they should. But the True. fact that Ryan Ryan did this is just a it's a really great testament to that he is aware of the power he holds, and that he's willing to use it in ways that he can. Yeah, which is nice to know. Yeah, that is really nice. Um, and and it's nice to know that like when you have power and privilege you can do stuff like this because god i wish i could do stuff like this for people. yeah um i just you know i'm a poor college student so i can't yeah i mean i wish i could too for sure i and i think that i think that it's tough right it's tough because the way that um that our society is set up most of the people that end up getting that power and influence are not the sort of people that would do something like this so yep. it's very nice when you do see um something like this pan out and work out the way that that it should absolutely yeah so i think that brings us to the end of our episode yeah this was a good article to end on okay let me get back to <laughs> so yeah that's um that's been our show today uh, i feel like um that that this is going to be this is going to be good for a lot of you guys that are kind of getting started in role play that are that are that are really just like you know because at, at this point on my channel there's like just there's a ton of videos there's just a ton of videos and i know it can be overwhelming to look through the one on the 101 playlist and there's just so much just to know like okay well what do i actually need to know to get started so i think going forward probably going to point people to this episode that are just like i'm brand new and i don't even know what my questions are i'm the, i'm so new i don't even know where my, what my questions are um because i think we covered a lot of that today of the stuff that you yeah. really need to know at the very beginning i agree all right. Um, all right. So be sure to follow this Twitch channel for yes. future uh, chats below. with us. Down, I follow think it's like down here, the little heart icon. Yes. Follow Karen on uh, her Instagram, but mostly her Twitter because she's amazing on there. Uh, you can follow me at Land in Maine on Instagram. Uh, remember to follow the uh, stream Instagram too at Enter Stage Window. Yep. And. Uh, I will not be here next week, so I will miss you all dearly, but I believe our wonderful friend Naomi is stepping in. Yeah, Naomi's going to try to come back for next week um, while you're on your super awesome vacation. Yes, well, I'll be driving back, so that's the reason that I can't yeah. join you guys. But... <laughs> oh my gosh, trying trying to, to get uh, the voice the voice on Discord to work while you're like driving down the highway, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, I figured it's just not worth it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we will miss Landon. We will miss miss Landon a lot, but we're still going to have a stream. Thanks. You know, anytime that I'm available, we're still going to stream regardless, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. so we will still have an episode next week. Uh, will Landon will just have to watch the vods afterwards. <laughs> I just I just didn't want you all to be shocked and, you know, devastated at the moment that I was gone. Um, <laughs> I mean, Thumper clearly is. Sorry. Yeah, good. People <laughs> should be. <laughs> yeah so so follow uh subscribe to the youtube channel those um yes. i do like smaller uh role play help posts every wednesday um videos that are basically between like uh five and ten minutes um on more discreet topics uh you know if you're if you're interested in supporting us as far you know as far as like you know improving the stream and things like that clearly as you're seeing right now like i need an actual webcam i'm using like this really crappy old camera um that just happens to have a usb hookup 
Um, you know, uh, subscribe to the Patreon for that. I've also got a PayPal link down below if you're more interested in like just donating a particular like amount. And if you do donate up uh, on PayPal while we're live, it like pops up with a nice little banner that thanks you for it. So, um, so if you're interested in that, and um, and yeah, I think that's that's all the things because you already mentioned. You know, follow me on Twitter. That's the other place that I actually post content to. And uh, and for Landon, that's her Instagram. That's where she's actually posting content. Yes, you can see the wonderful place that I'm vacationing at. Yes, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful there. <laughs> like if y'all don't if y'all don't look, you're missing out for real. Yes. So okay. Well, this has been wonderful. I'll see you. I won't see you guys next week, but I will see you guys in a few weeks. Yes. All right. Thank you guys. Bye. That's our stream. Bye. Don't forget to be awesome. <laughs>